0: Welcome to episode 72 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes the object so interesting to astronomers. So, I will now run the random number generator. The coordinates for this episode are 6 hours, 52 minutes, 47.0 seconds right ascension, and plus 8 degrees, 25 minutes, 19 seconds declination. These coordinates point to a location in the constellation Monoceros. This constellation is supposed to depict a unicorn. Yes, a unicorn. It appears to have been created in 1612 by the Dutch astronomer Petrus Plancius, whose career seemed to be based on inventing weird constellations. Most of those constellations are now ignored, but Monoceros survived. Unfortunately, the constellation contains a bunch of relatively dim stars that are about magnitude 3.9 or fainter. For context, the stars in the Big Dipper have magnitudes between 1.8 and 3.3, while stars with magnitudes 5 or 6 are the faintest stars that can be seen without a telescope. This means that the constellation Monoceros looks like the equivalent of a random patch of faint stars on the sky. In any case, the specific object that this episode's coordinates point to is the star GX Monocerotis. I'm going to call this star GX Mon for short because Monocerotis sounds like a disease. This star, located at a distance of 2120 light-years or 650 parsecs, is an evolved star called an asymptotic giant branch star. It sort of looks like a red giant star, but it's actually a bit different. The branch part of the name, asymptotic giant branch star, refers to the fact that these stars lie along a curve or branch when placed in a plot where temperature is on the x-axis and luminosity is on the y-axis. The word asymptotic refers to how this curve seems to get close to, but does not quite reach the line in the plot where normal red giant stars lie. Asymptotic giant branch stars and normal red giant stars are in different phases of their lifespans. A star like the Sun is powered by the fusion of hydrogen into helium in its core, but when the core fills up with helium, it will evolve into a normal red giant star that is powered by the fusion of hydrogen into helium in a layer on top of an inert helium core. When the star does this, it gets larger and brighter but cooler, and it moves into the red giant branch in that plot of luminosity versus temperature. Eventually, though, the helium core will collapse, which will trigger the fusion of helium into carbon. The star will become hotter, but also contract and become fainter, moving off the red giant branch. A star with a mass close to the mass of the Sun cannot fuse carbon to produce energy, so eventually the core of the star will fill up with carbon, but the fusion of helium into carbon will continue in a layer around the core, with hydrogen still being fused into helium in a layer above all of that. At this stage, The star will cool down and become red in color, but will also get bigger and brighter again, and it will move on to the asymptotic giant branch in the luminosity versus temperature plot. So GX Mon is one of many stars at the asymptotic giant branch stage in their lifespans. At this point, these stars begin to blow away their outer gas layers. This isn't quite the stage where a star will expel its outer gas layer entirely and become a planetary nebula, but it's very close. In fact, GX Mon, like other asymptotic giant branch stars, is surrounded by shells of gas that completely fill the star system. These shells of gas in the GX Mon system have a measured radius of 4,000 astronomical units, or AU. For context, the distance from the Sun to the Earth is defined as one AU, and the distance from the Sun to Neptune is 30 AU. So, the gas shell surrounding GX Mon would completely envelop. All of the planets in our solar system, as well as almost everything else, although the Oort cloud would still be larger. The gas shells themselves might be interesting, but what is extra peculiar about GX-Mon is that these shells of gas contain spiral patterns. It's very hard for a star by itself to produce spiral structures like this. After all, stars are close to spherical and even though they rotate, any gas that they expel is going to more or less blow outwards at the same rate in all directions, forming spherical shells. However, it's very easy for an asymptotic giant branch star to form gas shells with spiral structure if it is traveling in an elliptical orbit around another star while blowing away its outer gas layers, and that seems to be what's happening in the GX Mon star system. The companion star is apparently not yet evolved into a red giant because no one has seen it yet. This makes it a bit difficult to actually say much of anything about the companion star, other than that it is probably like the Sun and still fuses hydrogen into helium in its core. However, some analyses of the gas shell structures surrounding GX Mon indicate that the asymptotic giant branch star and its unseen companion seem to be on elliptical orbits that extend from about 7 to 61 astronomical units, and the two stars orbit each other once every 138 years. G X Mon is one of only a few asymptotic giant branch stars where astronomers have seen outer shells of gas containing spiral structures. However, astronomers are still trying to get more images of gas shells around other asymptotic giant branch stars to see how many other spiral structures they can find. One thing that is certain is that this line of research is going to have implications for how planetary nebulae form and why they look the way they do. And this is why astronomers are going to spend more time looking at GX Mon. So that is my summary of why you should wear a face covering and latex gloves while handling GX Monocerotis. No, wait, that's a warning for handling blood samples. Let me start over. So, that is my summary of why astronomers have spent so much time looking at GX Monocerotis, which is not a disease, and which is not listed on the websites for the UN World Health Organization, the Center for Disease Control, the National Health Service, or any other health website. At least as far as I know. The location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of GX Mon in the sky is the Gulf of Thailand. This body of water is lined with nice resorts and pristine beaches, and the diving is also really good. Also, the city of Bangkok lies at the north end of this gulf. I myself would like to try to get to Thailand at some point, and I would suggest other people should try visiting this part of the world as well. While you are not visiting Thailand, you can visit the website for this podcast at www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can go to the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, look up additional reference information, and send me random feedback. You can also find this podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is Immersion by Sasha Andy at www.sasha-endy.de and the sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening.